0: Welcome to Spiritually Gifted with host Joe Dudfield. This show goes deep into the experiences and beliefs of those following an extraordinary life. Guests join us in conversation from around the world, sharing their stories, passions, gifts, abilities, and wisdom. A window into the world of the Spiritually Gifted.
1: Well, we have got a special treat for you today, guys. We've got Vivian Cardin with us. She's going to share her story. Vivian is a medium who works with angels. She works with spirit people. And she's also an incredible spiritual teacher and one of the founders of angelica euphoria which is daily advice and daily guidance on the energy of each day and so much more so <laughs> it just leaves me to introduce you to vivian welcome to the show vivian it's lovely to have you with me
0: oh thank you so much it's lovely to be here it's amazing to be here joe it's a beautiful day here how is it where you are it's just, you know, it's, it, you, you can feel summer coming, can't you? Oh, yesterday I said to my husband, you can actually feel the vibration lifting. Yeah, totally. As the days are getting that little bit longer. Yeah. And then of course, with the hour going on next week, yeah. oh, I'm in heaven. I can't wait. I know. I, just, I can't <laughs> wait.
1: So I, I guess it, it, it is only really to begin at your beginning. So, yeah. Where was your awakening? Where where did spirit first come into your life, and where did you realize that you were seeing things maybe not everyone else was?
0: Okay, well, I didn't. I actually thought everybody saw what I saw because when you're a child, you just take it as it is, don't you? Yeah. You don't. You just don't question things. And yeah. my father um was a medium, and my granddad was a medium, so it really, yeah. I so it wasn't like something, yeah, that was do you know it wasn't kind of taboo um Mm -hmm. do you know what I mean um there was no none of this kind of oh it's in your head or it's in your imagination that didn't happen which is amazing um but now I say they were mediums and they were very strong mediums but um because they were very religious with the with the catholic church they weren't allowed to do anything openly with it so it was very much kept within the family but that was okay we got great stories that we still talk about and things you know I think for me, um, my very first memory is in a house that um, we lived in the basement, a very large, large house. And we only lived in the basement of it. Um, And that's where it was massively active um both myself and my sister uh lorraine we shared a bedroom and every night they would just walk in and they'd walk around the bedroom ladies and gents and at first we were kind of pulling the blankets up over our face we were a little nervous but we kind of realized very quickly that actually they they weren't even looking at us it was us observing them rather than the other way around Mm. And they had all these different like dresses and their hair was different. And it was so it was it it was so not what we were used to seeing. But but we actually never felt scared of it um, at all. Um, And then, you know, when we told like my mom and that, she said that um, I've got a picture I'd like to show you sometime. But it's down in Wexford, which is in the south of Ireland. And it would have been of her grandmother. And we, of course, we hadn't seen it. But anyway, I I was about, I'd say about four years of age at that stage. Um, My sister would have only been around two. Um, And then my other sister, Louise, was born. Same house. And um, unfortunately, Louise had anencephaly, so she couldn't survive. You know, it's the severest form of um, spina bifida. So oh. yeah so she couldn't survive um and perfect like perfect in every other way but just the brain stem was not connected. So we didn't know and I mean it's different now we tell kids things but back then nobody told any especially children anything. And I remember my mother very clearly coming home from the hospital and I can remember saying the two of us, myself and my sister, room down. Where is she? Where's Louise? Where's Louise? Because we've been told we had a sister. And she says, Oh, she's still at the hospital. So, you know, as you do as kids, you just accepted that. That's accepting, yeah. You just accepted. Um, but it was during, I don't know what time it would have been, but we were asleep in bed anyway. Um, and <clears throat> I woke up and I could hear a baby cry. And I thought to myself, Oh, they must have brought her home. And it wasn't, it was as simple as that. Um, I got up out of my bed. Now, we were in a basement of a a house, so the bedrooms were kind of next to each other. My parents' Mm -hmm. bedroom was next to that. And I just went out. I I knew the crime was coming from their bedroom. I went into the bedroom. I can still vividly see them sleep in the bed. They're kind of tossing and turning. But over in the corner, over to my right, there was a crib. Now, that was the crib for Louise, but they hadn't taken it down yet. They had left it there. Mm -hmm. Um, and of course the, the crying was come from the crib and I just went over and I looked at her and she was beautiful. Um, she had this big mop of dark hair and, uh, ah, oh, she was lovely. And yeah, I looked in at her and I just thought if I lift her up, she might stop crying, but I can still consciously remember thinking how, if, if, if she woke me up, why are mom and dad not awake? I remember actually yes. thinking that, you, did you think know? That. Um, but anyway, I went to lift her up and, uh, literally she just disappeared. She just disappeared and I didn't get a fright. <coughs> I just, I think it's because I'd already had the experiences of people coming and going that I just accepted that that was part of life. I didn't know that that had anything to do with death. It was your before, normal. It was my normal. So yeah. before I, I, that was my normal, as you say. And I didn't know that and there was even life and death and that would have been my first experience of death because the next day when I said it to my mom I said mom you never told me that you brought Louise home where is she and she says honey we didn't bring Louise home Louise is in heaven and I went no she's not I I saw her last night in the crib I was I was looking at and I described her and my poor mother started crying and you know and then I guess then It wouldn't have been long after that that I realised heaven, earth, alive, dead. Um, And so that was the biggest shock for me, was to know that not everybody saw what I saw. I assumed everybody did.
1: Do you know what I'm noticing as you're talking? There is a tapping. Do you know what that is?
0: No, but there's been an awful lot of activity going on. It sounds
1: like someone drumming their fingers. And I've heard voices as well while we're talking do
0: you know it wouldn't surprise me I was here I last night and I'm
1: thinking I know it's not here so no anyone listening this isn't us doing this, this no
0: is... definitely not I was here last night we launched a Patreon page and I was doing the live you know the live launch and the orbs were flying it was amazing there's a lot of They're activity in this nice. yes uh-huh. yes they really are yeah it's phenomenal, it's yeah. phenomenal. so that must have been
1: quite a moment for your mum, because was that one of the very first, yeah. first times that you'd actually identified spirit and told somebody else that you'd seen spirit?
0: Yeah, we, we had told her that we had seen, well, I had, because Lorraine was only two. I had told her what we had seen, the the men and the women walking around. But then as a child, and you accept that that's just normal, you don't really talk about it. It's not like a topic of conversation. and. Yeah. She didn't say anything like she didn't sort of, you know, say, oh, it's in your head or anything. There's nothing like that. But then when we were in Wexford, I remember going upstairs to my grandmother's bedroom. And there there was a picture on the wall of my grandfather's mother dressed exactly identically to the people we had seen.
1: Oh, my God.
0: And that's when I caught these people are not of our time. And I remember always looking at that picture and thinking, wow, you know, as I got older and I start kind of copying on a bit more of, of, I guess, of, of what it was.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and I remember thinking, oh, wow. Now, that house in particular was massively active because um, uh, we, when we, we, uh, we only rented the bottom of it and then my dad bought the house from the owner so we bought right. so then we we ended up you know we bought the house and um uh, when we sold that house and moved literally every year that house was up for sale really? literally no one really could see yeah that. literally every year um it was up for sale but we've great memories of it because it was so active like we still talk about it now, you know, it's brilliant. So where where did you go from there? So
1: when you moved, where did your family go, and how? What was life like for you as you were growing up?
0: Oh, life was good. My mum was from the south of Ireland, so well, southeast Wexford. Dad was from Dunleary. I'm sure people know Dunleary, It's where the boat goes. He worked on the. He was um, a senior port operator, so he worked down there um, and so did his dad and so did his nephew and so did his great nephew. And it's, it, you know, they all work there. There must be over 100 and something years of service or more with wow. them all. Um, but yeah, so that we always live by the sea. And then down in Wexford, we live by the, by the sea because it's all on the coast. So Wexford for us was our free time because... My mum never liked living in Dublin. She actually hated it. So every opportunity she got, we were there. De- we were there, yeah. and we had freedom down there. But we had no freedom up here because we always lived on main roads. And she was oh. terrified of letting us out. So we were never really allowed out past the gate till we were a little older. She was just afraid something would happen because we were on yeah. main roads. But we- so when we go down there, we were. It was almost like letting an animal out of a cage. We were just <laughs> you could go oh. wild we could go wild but um yeah so we look great like it was great in that respect you know um and we yeah so we went between two places we went between both uh all all the way up but my mom passed um you know we were quite young like I was I was only 18 my brother was 11 and my sister was I think 16 and my mom passed she was only 48 um And she had cancer. And then after that, then my dad went four years later, same, cancer. Yeah, so we were kind of left, I suppose you say orphaned, really, you know. um, Now my brother still lives in the family home. But, um, yeah, you know, we just, as you do then, I moved to London. Then I moved to Spain and then came back here and, you know, just all of that
1: yeah that's really tough losing so,
0: both parents in such a short it is time. it's awful wow. yeah yeah did it change it, you it does it um I feel it does I, I I remember thinking to myself I'm not going to ever find someone to love or let myself love them because I know what loss feels like that loss. so there was always that fear with me of I, and I think I've grown out of it maybe but there was always that fear of I I just can't go through that again because when my dad was diagnosed it it was like deja vu it was like going through the whole set of the same emotions all over again and yeah. and you know I just I just you, never you wanted to experience wouldn't it have
1: finished grieving your mum by the no, time
0: no for sure page, have, even... absolutely absolutely sure my brother was only like he was in primary school you know um yeah and uh yeah it was just did you have other people
1: supporting you did you have grandparents
0: Mm -hmm. no the grandparents were gone we had um we had like you know relatives and stuff like that um but to be honest they very much left us to our own devices I don't know why uh but they did um maybe they thought we were okay but well we weren't you know but look we moved on my sister had her 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 beautiful daughter who's now 30 something she had her the year after and um she was married and she then went on had three children and then I had my son and you know we we grew up we moved on and sure they're all grown now like and you know, doing their own thing. And I know my mum and dad would be so chuffed and proud of, we've sure. seven children between us. So wow. they would be chuffed and proud of seven of them, you know. How yeah.
1: did that inform your mediumship then? So mm. you had that loss. What did you do next? What? How did life look for you?
0: Um, so I went to lots of counselling to try and get through it. Um, I I suffered with anorexia, Joe, pretty much my entire life. Yeah yeah and then obviously when my mum died it kind of exasperated it um and
1: because it's the ultimate no control when you lose someone
0: oh yeah life. and anorexia, anorexia is is just oh gosh you know you you think that you're in control but actually you've never been so far out of control this is the okay. thing about it have you know I a
1: close family member that has mm-hmm. it yeah I know firsthand how tough
0: oh it's 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 just it's debilitating i mean your whole life is destroyed with it like i've been asked there's a group here called body wise and they've asked me will i be um like a, um, a counselor kind of like some you know because of the experiences i went through mm-hmm. and I, i've said no because i don't think i'm still ready just too triggering Yep.
1: you don't need yep. to put yourself in that environment yeah
0: i just wouldn't be able to i i couldn't it's just something that and maybe one day I will and hopefully help someone else. But right now, even now, I'd be afraid to go back there. You know. But I
1: think that's really important that you're bringing that up about not putting yourself there. Because mm. so often we feel we should because yeah. someone's asked us to. But yeah. actually you paused and thought, no, that's not right. For I do. I think that is yeah. something that people need to really listen yeah. to because you don't always have to react just because someone asks you to do something you don't have to say yes
0: like I think you know with and you'll know this Joe. we spend most of our life as an apprenticeship so everything we've gone through in our life is our apprenticeship to being able to empathize with people and what they're going through um and I feel like I can empathize with everybody and anybody if it's a situation I've been through and I'm I'm okay with doing it that way but to actually go in and, um, how do you say, and actually be like a facilitator, counselor, whatever, I just think I, I just wouldn't be right for it. Um, you know, I just wouldn't. I just wouldn't. I can talk to people. I can, when I'm doing readings, I mean, obviously you'll come across people, male and female, with anorexia. It's not just females. Um, and, you know, I, I can help in that way, but I just... it it would be just too much like even things like um I won't have a weighing scales in the house because that could be a trigger for me so I know that um, so you know, I joined things, you know, like clubs for losing weight and stuff. And obviously, the first thing it's all based on the scales. So I've just walked away from those because, um, there were times I I did one. I said, um, I know they looked at me strange, as if to say, what is wrong with this girl? I said, I really don't want to see what's on the scales. It, would you mind just writing it down and telling me it's up or down, but don't say. what and I know they were looking at me as if to say what is wrong with her and I did that but it meant I had to keep saying it every time I went and one day I forgot and she told me and I went no 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 leave now go now because I was obsessed with it and I can't go there anymore there's too much more in life for me to try and you know I spent my entire life um with it so I'm trying to you know, I'm doing okay with it, though.
1: There is, there, no. It does go into remission, doesn't it? If you take care yeah. of yourself enough, and if you're that self-aware, which you obviously are, it does it does lessen it. But I know from my Us. close family member, it's always there. You you can't...
0: It never goes away. Um, you can't ever no. take it for granted, can you? Um, no, you can't. And I mean, I put on so much weight, and I was always a little stick thing, you know, and I put on so much. And I remember one day... We're discussing it. um, And uh, I said, yes, I suffered from anorexia. And the person just turned around and said to me, no way, you'd never think it to look at you. And I went, oh, "Oh, you couldn't have said anything worse to someone with that. Do you know what I mean? And I went, no, you're right. You'd never think it. But I said, that's where I'm at right now is that I don't have to beat myself up anymore. So my spiritual involvement has got me to that place. Do you know there's a there's
1: a um a place in America where they work with mediums and they do lots and lots of scientific testing and when they looked um, at mediums, ninety-seven yeah. percent of mediums had some kind of childhood trauma and some kind of mental health issue and they, they're trying to work out whether whether it's the chicken or the egg, which came first? Whether it's the right. trauma that heightens right. the sixth sense, yeah. or whether it's the sixth sense that heightens the trauma, yeah. or heightens the the propensity to suffer with other other thing. I mean, I'm I'm the opposite yeah. to you. Food is my drug of choice, so I have to work yeah. really hard not to get to a
0: ridiculous size because that's oh well, what to that's where food. I'm at now. You know. Um yeah that's very interesting isn't it you look for something yeah so they they don't
1: know whether they're trying to find a correlation and at the moment it looks like there is a correlation
0: um, between
1: mediumship and these things because we are the (laughs) sensitives
0: (laughs) yeah that's oh my goodness and that that just that we we feel everything so much more because of that don't we we truly truly do you know and like when you talk about memories and triggers I remember I was a gymnast my whole life um and uh, like I was a European gymnast and um wow. oh yeah I, I loved it Joe. I loved it and I, my first memory is standing in the hallway of the primary school that with the gym teacher my mom And the nun who was the principal. And they were talking about me like I wasn't there, but I was there. And I can remember them saying, we're going to send her to New Park, which is where they had what's what's called Trojan um, gymnastics. Um, They were going to send me there each day after school. Now we need to figure out is what I remember hearing, um, an eating plan, a diet plan. I was only about five at the time. We need to figure out a diet plan for her and we can't let her go over that. And, and all, and I, I think, I honestly believe somewhere in my head that was the trigger, you know, um, because obviously then all the way up, I mean, I, I had to stop gymnastics. I got a a virus called guillain Barry syndrome, I know when I was 14 yeah and I had to stop that, that put paid because that affects your balance and everything that put paid to to it but um in a way
1: thank I goodness think, yeah yeah
0: yeah I mean, so I think that might have been the trigger so yeah you're right about that you know that it's interesting it's very interesting but but the spiritual part of me now overrides everything and Where when is did it? that
1: Didn't, kick in? Because you, yeah. you mentioned in your when I was reading about you, you mentioned that you mentioned apparition hill, and you oh. mentioned the angels coming into your life at a really um when you in your words when you were at the depths of despair, and you also mentioned yeah. about having a fall when you were a child. I know I'm chucking yeah. all these things at you and not in yeah. the right order. No, but I just, no. I was so taken by your story. So, what happened when you had that fall as a child?
0: I fell out my bedroom window. <laughs> Everyone thinks it's hilarious. It wasn't. Trust me. I fell out okay. my bedroom. Yeah. Um, it was 22 feet down onto concrete. <clears throat> oh my um, and there were there were concrete blocks uh, where I fell that were being used to build. So they were there was a half block, the ones with the wire in them and so that went through my face
1: oh um, my god
0: yeah my face landed on that so I've got 80 stitches in my face <gasps> my, they're all inside so you can't see them can't
1: see anything no, no I know
0: yeah it, 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 they're all inside my teeth were uh totally knocked up into the roof of my mouth whoa I was paralyzed from the neck down uh broke the arm uh I've no hip how, on one how side how
1: were you how Twelve.
0: Old- So your mum had
1: lost your baby sister?
0: Yeah. And and now she's having to... Yeah, and the worst part of that was uh, she was standing at the kitchen window and the bedroom was no. directly above, and she no, saw me go past no. the window. Yeah,
1: oh my god, we can only no. I mean,
0: I just horror. I cannot imagine what she must have gone through. The horror. You know, they, they brought me in, she lifted me up, unfortunately. That paralyzed How me. Survive? How did you they said that they, they, there was like a back kitchen that came out from the back of the house? Now my, my toes were broken, and they reckon that my my toes hit the kitchen the back kitchen and that's what broke the fall because they just don't know how I survived it you know and the, the the damage like I was in a coma for I don't really know how long I was in a coma for but um like I had had to learn how to walk all over again and twice that happened then two years later when I got the Gillian Barr syndrome I had to learn how to walk all over again as well oh stop (laughs) that's crazy but um yeah that was horrific like horrific I mean they said she'll die and they gave gave me the last rites and oh my goodness my poor mother
1: how on earth did you, as a person, pull
0: through that? How? How? Where's the resilience? Because that—I have massive. no idea. It is massive. Um, I've absolutely no idea, and I'm being honest with you. I think I've shut a lot of it out. I think it's a blur. Um, and I'd say that that's because of the trauma I've shut it out, or it's been shut out, and. Um, because when I talk about it, it's, it's almost like I'm talking about it, but I'm looking, looking at it.
1: I know that was exactly the same when I yeah about when I lost my sight.
0: It feels like yeah. it's someone else. Yeah, yeah, like you're yeah. observe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. um Maybe because I was so young as well that that helped. I oh. don't know. But
1: so you had to learn to walk again. Presumably, where where you'd been paralysed, that they were able to yeah. heal that and fix that. And because yeah. I have to tell my listener, you're not paralysed now.
0: You're no, I'm not. Yeah, no, I'm not. not. I'm not. I mean, that's I a miracle. Like, and it's yeah yeah totally totally they 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 really do not know how I survived that um how do you think you did
1: do you think there was divine
0: intervention there of course there was yeah of course there was (laughs) oh stop I mean like you know and, and this is why sometimes when you look at things and I've had some um you know quantum healing and past life regression done and do you know that at nearly every at, at age 12, in almost all the lives, I've had near death, which wow. I think is quite phenomenal. So um, they weren't all as dramatic as this one, of course. Mm. <laughs> Maybe I'm just running out of options. Goodness knows what the next one would be like, but uh, <laughs> there you go. No, we don't want um, any more. Thank no, you. <laughs> we don't. We've had enough. Thanks very much. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I feel for sure that I was um, saved by my guardian angel, by the angels. It was not my time to go. It was just a lesson in life for me, wow. you know. Um, and and I know that. And listen, some of the lessons are so much tougher than others, but it's what we take from them, I feel, is really important. I try to instill that That's in my really kids great. now, you know. Yeah. Um, so, so they don't those, get lost those crappy in things
1: into treasure yeah
0: mm. and you
1: don't get lost exactly. Mm. so how did that how did you first make contact with angels and how does that relate to the um uh, apparition hill and when you mentioned about the depths of despair how, mm. how
0: did that how, can you tell tell us a little bit about that? sure um okay so that happened in 2000 and was it 2004 yes 2004 I had at the time I had my son um and everything that could go wrong was going wrong we had we had had to move house because the neighbors that were in the, the house previous um they made our life an absolute living hell and um, so I had to sell the house and buy another this other house was in tatters and it needed redoing and um I, just everything was going wrong you know emotionally relation my relationship with my husband was in dire straits and just all that kind of stuff and um I wasn't in a good place you know me myself I was I just was not in a good place and I kind of got very cynical and very much oh I don't believe in anything anymore and you know what all that got kind you there? What, what got I you think there? I think it was just it was just the experiences of life that I've at some point in in some way i felt hard done by at that point i felt like why did i have to lose my mom and dad why is it that i have to get up and move house when they're the ones perpetrating all of this why is it that it's me that's suffering in the marriage it it was just it's It's like it's like a whole. reasonable questions though
1: they're all reasonable questions yeah
0: and I just, I just was in an awful place. Like I, at that point, I had blocked everything. Uh, I blocked everything mediumistically because, you know, it scared the pants off me as well, I got you older. Mentioned,
1: you mentioned that those things that had been kind of like everyday visions and things that you'd seen yeah. suddenly became based around tragic events. And yes. so you, that's where your your abilities were were focused. Were about yeah. warning yeah. you about the things that were coming or things. Yeah
0: premonitions and then ha- things happening in real time and when they when I was witnessing them in real time there was nothing I could do about it to stop it yeah. so there were things like um I knew three three of my friends passed in um tragic um, road accidents and I could oh, see them as they were happening and um, one of them I was living in London and it happened here and I could see it but uh, sure I could do nothing about it and oh. um I, anyway eventually I just went I don't want to know this anymore please I don't want to know anymore because I can't I'm just not able for this I just I, I, you know I, 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 I've had the
1: same thing and I had to ask spirit to take it away because yeah. if you, if then why show me if I can't do anything to change it why show that me was, if I can't do anything yeah. to make it better yeah so I totally I know the distress that
0: that cool, it, and it does it does because you don't want to see those things and I can remember saying to my dad what will I do what will I do and he says you just have to accept it's part of who you are and I said but like I don't want to accept it and he said but you know it's 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 you it's who you are and you know I have to accept it your your granddad had to accept it and I'm like yeah but but it's not this is not right I don't this isn't how it should be you know of course I didn't know at that stage that you could switch those things off and only allow the positivity to come through I didn't know any of that who
1: do you ask and who knows isn't
0: it yeah exactly um yeah exactly and you know really at the end of the day at that point in my life I didn't really know like-minded people that had the same maybe um ability or, uh, or or the same things were happening to them. Yeah. So, and it's not the but, kind of yeah. conversation
1: you could have with just anybody either. No. It's not that you can randomly ask your friends, yeah. is it?
0: that's it, you that's know. it. I mean, most of my friends, I had freaked them out at some point or another with with stuff, you know. So it's not like I could sit down and talk to them. But, um, so you'd,
1: you'd got to this point in your life where everything yeah. had built up from that and you, yeah. you were feeling the burden and the pressure of all these things that yeah. had happened and you stopped to ask why. And presumably I did, yeah. that had taken you into a place that felt quite tough and quite isolating.
0: It did. It did. And my then mother-in-law kept saying to me, <clears throat> um, you know, and she's a very religious lady and has great faith, which really serves her well. And, you know, you've got to admire that. My own dad was the same. Um, it, it's fantastic and it gets them through the toughest times. And she... Um, she kept saying to me, you've not been to Medjugorje, you've not been to Medjugorje, will you come with me? And I was absolutely, you must be joking, I'm not going over there. I went to Lourdes five times. My mother died in Lourdes. You know, oh my God. Yeah, I went, no, I'm done with all that sort of stuff, thanks very much. Done, completely done. Um, and, uh, you know, I just, oh, I just, I was, she just kept at me and pestering me and pestering me. So eventually I gave in, I said, yeah, okay, right. Now, I didn't know the story of Medjugorje. I knew nothing about it. And I didn't I don't, want to. I don't know yeah. The story. And it's I didn't Bosnia, want to know. Isn't it? Yeah, it's Bosnia yeah. Herzegovina. And I didn't want to know either. And um, anyway, I agreed to go. And from the moment I got on the bus, it was just, I was just, and I, I have no problem admitting it, I think I was like a brat. It was just awful. They started, as soon as the bus took off, they started. You know, blessing themselves and saying a decade of the rosary, and I just went mad and I said, "This is terrible. I don't want to do this." And you've ha- captured me on this bus, and you know, you, you didn't even ask, was it okay? You didn't even, you know, I, there was people on the bus that that didn't do it, that didn't want to say that, um, and but they were they were all on the same bus, you know, but it was assumed that everybody would want to do this but anyway so we got to the airport got on the plane as soon as the plane took off and we're up in the air they started again now that plane was half full with just normal everyday travelers and you know going to wherever they were going to and it I just couldn't understand how they they had the right or thought they had the right to do this um but anyway I just stood up and I said this is disgraceful you haven't even asked people and you know do they want to do this and That kind of thing. And I'm not okay with it. I was just, I was stupid though, Joe. I shouldn't have. I should have just shut up and said nothing. But anyhow, then there was turbulence, really heavy thunder and lightning and turbulence. And I just went, that's it. We're all going to die. And my mother-in-law says, sit down, sit down. I went, we're all going to die. We're all going to die. She says, sit down. You're frightening people. I went, get me off. I want to get off. I want to get off. We're all going to die. Did you hear me? You're all going to die. You know, and it was like... It was that. Do you remember? The, do you remember that movie, Airplane, where they're yes. all, where the, yes. and they're all lining up to knock her out because she's panicking and screaming. <laughs> well, it was almost like a scene out of Airplane, right? Oh. And needless to say, by the time we got there, nobody was speaking to me. Oh no, nobody, including oh, my mother. And anyway, we all we all went off and we uh, went to our own rooms and everything, and that was fine. Got up the next day and I remember walking out and looking and thinking because there's a mountain, it's called Cross Mountain. And I thought, I'm going to, I am going to climb that mountain. I don't know how, but I'm going to get there. Um They were all going off doing their thing. And I said, you do your thing, I'll do mine. And that was okay. And then the the next day they were at breakfast and they were talking about um Ivan is in the, going to be in the side chapel talking. I said, who's Ivan? Because I didn't know anything. And they were, well, he's one of the visionaries, you know. And I said, oh, right. And they were They said, well, do you want to go over? And I said, well, I've nothing else to do. Like I was really not nice. I said, well, I've nothing else to do. (laughs) You were really
1: resistant, weren't you?
0: Totally, totally. Uh, So I went over and I thought, oh, we'll be here now. There'll be lots of people. And this guy will be lapping up the attention, you know. And I was so wrong and that's what that's what that place did for me that day it that 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 we guys that it put me in my place i was so wrong about so many things and um he was humble he he was shy he oh you know he didn't like the limelight at all you know and that kind of get, that really affected me and i thought you could you could be so different but you're not you're being true to you yeah and it really, yeah, it really. It had what a, did he
1: speak of in there? Was he just giving?
0: So, uh, well, apparently the lady appears to him, and um, he, she will visit him and say when he's to tell people to gather on Apparition Hill. Right. That she will appear, and so he had called the people to say that on that Tuesday that she had said she was going to appear. So I just, I just looked at my mother-in-law because, you know, it's a different language so they're translating. And she said, do you want to go? I said, yeah, sure, why not, you know? But it rained really heavily that day. Now that that mountain is treacherous. Like the the rocks that you climb on it, they jut out and they're really sharp and, and all of that. So, um. but it's like in most of the, those countries, it dries up, the rain dri- dried up yes, pretty quickly. Really quick. um. And so we we're all walking up, And I remember she got to the the actual apparition hill where the first apparition occurred. And she says, I'm going to stay here. I can't walk up that mountain, but you follow the crowd because they're going up higher. So I just followed the crowd and I remember getting up to the top and I saw this rock and I I was taken aback. It was a clear night sky. You could see the outline um, of the the mountains that were surrounding you. Mm -hmm. And... There was this rock and I sat on it and then I got this tip on my shoulder and I I looked up and this guy said, you can't sit there. I said, why? And he said, that's where Ivan sits. And I was, oh, for God's sake, grumpy that I was, you know. And I thought of all the places, honestly. So anyway... (laughs) There were people there every age, every nationality, I think every culture. Some people were talking, some were playing guitars. There were young groups, young people. They were singing. And I went over and I found a spot. I don't know how long we were there. There was an Italian couple, a young Italian couple and a little boy with them. And I sat beside them. And uh, I remember thinking to myself, oh, God, is something going to happen? Because, you know, this is nice and all, but I want to go now. And the next thing out of nowhere, and I mean a clear night sky, was this huge cloud that came from the right-hand side all the way over, 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 and stopped just up in front of Ivan. And like two curtains, it just parted. No. And there she was. No. Yeah, a lady, and she had stars going around the end of her feet, she was beautiful. And I remember my mouth must have hit the ground. I remember looking and thinking, am I the only one seeing this? Like, am I losing it here? Because I really, you? you know, I think some other people, he definitely did because I had a clear view of him. Yeah, um, He was looking right at her. And at that point, the whole place fell silent. You could hear a pin wow. drop. And then you knew that there was communication going on between him and her and she's up and she's she's standing up above him in wow. the sky absolutely beautiful she had long um like long gowns on her and she she had like a veil um like a kind of a veil over her and she had such a, she had a plain but pretty face if that makes sense it so was gentleness me clearly totally totally wow. and i was just I don't know. I think I just went into some sort of shock or something, and um, you could you could see they were communicating. And I, I like I said, I, I still don't know how long it w- we were all there. So then the next thing that happens is I can see a cloud coming from the right, but then I caught with my eye it was coming over here as well, and right in front of her, the cloud just came over and covered her. And then as quick as it came, it just went. Whoosh, And she was gone. And a shooting star came across the sky. I've never seen, I had never seen one. And I certainly haven't seen one that close. And I just thought, oh my gosh, what is this? What just happened? And then I could see people were starting to kind of talk and you could hear them again. And and you could see that um, whatever Ivan was saying, they were writing everything down. They were recording it because apparently she gives messages then for him to relay to the people. And um, yeah, that went on for, wow, I don't know how long. And I could see people getting up and moving. And then I was starting to get up to move myself. And just over where the other mountains were, I, I can't tell you how far away it is because it's, it's kind of hard to judge. I could see these shapes like this kind of swirling, like they were dancing. Wow. And I was looking and I was thinking, oh, here we go. Am I seeing something again? I must be really, you know, losing <laughs> it tonight. And at that, I just could see that they were starting to move closer. And then I got this tug on my jacket and my trousers and it was the little boy and he's pointing. And I looked at him and I went, yes. And we were both looking at the same thing, but his parents weren't, they didn't see it. Wow! So I looked around and I could see just dotted in a few places. There was one or two people just standing looking, but the rest were completely oblivious and his mom had one hand and she was pulling him and he was holding on to me with the other. And the next thing, they, they got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and they just were there in front of us. And as I've always said, I have no words to describe the feeling that washed over me that night because no. the words, they're not in the English dictionary. No. They don't exist. And everything, the angst, the the feelings that everything I had disappeared completely. Wow. And they were just they didn't have wings by the way. They had what looked like arms with 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 like back sleeves if, if you want to call it like that. Um oh my god they were just That's extraordinary. They they were just amazing absolutely and they were huge Joe. I mean huge and there were three of them. And I, again, don't know how long we were there. And then they started to move back, 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 back. back, And I kept watching and watching and watching till I couldn't see them anymore. And then the little boy just went like this and he started waving. He let go of me. I often think Mm -hmm. about him because, you know, he'd be in his 20s now. Does he remember that, you know? And I'm not kidding you. I have no recollection of how I got down that mountain none whatsoever because I just you were in euphoria totally I mean, literally totally I went in and the mother-in-law was back in the hotel and she came out she said oh my god where were you we were worried we didn't know where you were and as I went to open my mouth she says oh, you saw her didn't you and I went yeah and she says I've been coming here for years you didn't even want to come here and you saw her (laughs) and she said it never happened to me and then she stopped and she said it's because you needed it and I went I think so and I said not only that but I said I saw angels too no way yes and I described it to her I was up until maybe 3 a.m. that morning phoning everybody back here. I didn't care if I woke them up. My you must sisters have been buzzing. I was buzzing. And and I didn't care. I wanted the whole world to know because there was no way anyone was going to take away from me what I experienced. No. It was too powerful. Um and ever since then and after then, phenomena has happened over and over and over and over again to do with them. Um to the point now where I see them um, as clear as anything. Around people all day, every day, I see them, I feel them, I hear them. I, I just, you know. And then, I, obviously, I I do the like that too. I don't know the first time I ever did um, channel a meditation. I can't remember. I've no memory of it. I just know all of a sudden I had groups of people around me and I was channeling these meditations. But I don't know where it began, how it began. I don't know anything. I just know that I'm still doing it and. And they're there every time without fail. It's the same as spirit. They never let us down. They're there every time. All the time. And it's that and it's it's that connection and it's that connection then to the spirit world and the evidence and the way they choose to work with me and how they bowl me over and blow me away daily that has made me realize that the physical part of me is just one part of me yeah but the spiritual is is the be all and end all it
1: is it's the expansive part you know it's, and we're so just a
0: slice of the cake aren't that's we? it that's and we so want. so we're all these droplets that all come together in in the great grand scheme of things yeah. and why am i wasting the journey here that my soul is here to evolve by killing myself with anorexia and so wow once it hasn't gone joe as such because i don't know if it ever will i i live with it now i live with it um 10 years ago if i if i had the weight on me that i have on now i'd be you know making myself vomit i would be uh starving myself i'd be doing all sorts there's no way now i i go okay i'll do something about it tomorrow like i've completely changed you know everything has changed and that's where i think that when you, when you get to that spiritual aspect of you, there's no going back from that, and you wouldn't want to. And I just think, wouldn't it be lovely if everyone had it? I think.
1: Well, sh- do you mind if I share something with you?
0: No, please do. I, I had a, I
1: had a, uh, an experience that wasn't that dissimilar when I lost my sight. I'd, I'd gone blind overnight. It was a condition that had been there since I was born and a genetic thing, and I was told there was less than 1% chance I'd see. And I'd had a nine-hour operation, and I was told that I wouldn't be able to see for around about a year, and I I was told to get my affairs in order, that was what they said. I come out for the operation, and they put me in a geriatric ward and said, you're here because it's quiet. They put a sign on the cubicle, my husband told me, that said, do not disturb. Because I had to do this thing where I was face down in in what looked like a, a cushioned toilet seat. So you wow. had to be literally like that 23 that. hours a day. Oh, to my push God. But gravity to push back on your retinas to help them stick back. Wow. Um, but I'd had an operation. I was the first one to ever have the operation that I had in the world. because, And they yeah. just didn't know if it would work. So I'm there in the dark. I can't see a thing. My eyes are bandaged and I'm face down. And... I was praying, and I'm not religious. I've never been religious. I yeah. didn't. I, I I didn't believe in angels. I thought angels were for gullible religious people. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not sorry to say that, but that yeah. that was then. It's not where I am now. And um, and so it wasn't like I was looking for anything like that. And um, I suddenly had this light from behind me, and it was the brightest light I've ever ever experienced. In wow! Fact, it was more than light. Right. And I heard a voice and it said, we are listening to you. We're, we're here to help you. Um, it oh. called itself Michael. And it said that it told me I would see again. It told me it would take four years. And he said, you have got the strength to get through it. You will see your daughter again. Because my daughter was seven the day I lost my sight. She, she was Gosh. just seven. And that was my biggest thing was seeing her face again. Uh, yes. That's all I cared about. Um, yes. And he told me how to heal myself. He told me what to do. And then it felt like it was forever, but it could have only been seconds.
0: You, lose track,
1: this, time, yeah. you lose track of time, yeah. You lose track of time. And then the light was gone. Right. But I was filled with this euphoria that you talk about. I was filled with this feeling of safety and security and love is the biggest thing. And
0: yeah, it's, I asked it's the immense.
1: It it, yeah. it was immense. And
0: yeah.
1: to this day... I've never experienced anything as strong as that. But the yeah. weird thing was I had an iPod on. Yeah. One of the very first iPods, because this is like 12 years ago now. Right. And um, I had been playing classical music because there was no words to distract me. And I didn't realise what meditation was then. But of course, that's exactly that's what I was... That's exactly... Yes. Um, but Let It Be came on from the Beatles. And that wasn't even on my playlist. And as this light died down, Let It Be came on. And I cried i did i, I cried with yeah. just sheer relief and and this yeah this euphoria really
0: yeah so yeah. i
1: totally get how you would have felt and how it supports you now in in it's, your challenges
0: i think it was unlike you i mean the depths of despair that you must have gone through in your own mind at that point in time and yeah. then not knowing um which brings so many of its own challenges is oh the gosh. it's awful isn't it and um, and I don't know, I, I think I mean that's a that's a that's an incredible story, Joe. That's an incredible experience that you had because and like that, you had it when you needed it the most. Yeah. That's
1: what made me think when yeah. when, when they said to you this is because you needed it. I think it is yeah. It, and I don't know if you can conjure that feeling up it has to be real you can't just call them no. just because you feel like that connection no it has
0: to be at that. no if because it, yeah no that, that's not something that you have any control over or that you can bring or that you can uh, as you said conjure it or or manifest it or anything mm-hmm. that's outside of us there's no doubt about that Absolutely. and and but the love and the oh. the there aren't the word I suppose the closest word we could both get is love but it's so much more than that isn't it it isn't like and you you know Uh, you know
1: after that I just no one could ever tell me there's no such thing as angels I've seen (laughs) them I feel them I don't see them how you do around everybody but I can if I choose see them yeah Um, yeah I feel them I feel them everywhere and I just, I love the angels so it's much. Just, it's just,
0: it's, their energy is just super, super soft, but super charged. Yes. And, and to think that like what you've just said, no one can take that away from you. And, and I get annoyed with people when not, I'm not annoyed. I don't want to say that, but like, cause I know everyone's got their opinions and everyone is entitled to their opinions. We are all different. We have to be. But when someone turns around and boo-hoos what I saw with my own eyes, I will stand up and say, no, I'm sorry. Please don't try and take that away from me because I know it was real. And it wasn't just me. There were others. Do you know that when I came back, people said to me, why don't you Google what you saw? Now, at that time, Joe, I didn't know what Google even was, okay? Um, So... A friend of mine sat down with her laptop and she says, let's look and see if anyone's if 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 you were saying to me, the people, other people, a few, a handful of people there that night saw what you saw, then that must have happened before. Or maybe it's happened before. And maybe there's something information about it. So I went, "Okay, great. So we looked it up and oh, my God, there was pictures of what I saw. Mm hmm. Oh, and wonderful. apparently the lady does not come without the three angels but of course because I was so snooty and and wow. and and all of that I I never bothered my Barney to find out the information I didn't know that wow so then when I found it out I went oh my god and there were pictures of them in the sky and there were pictures uh, uh that looked very similar to what I had seen and I thought fantastic
1: that validated it all for me. Oh, totally totally yeah.
0: but isn't it lovely that you and I both have been able to have that and what it's done for us like mm-hmm. not just then but even now oh, all these years sure. later I mean, you someone, know
1: someone interviewed me the other day and they asked about my faith and like I said I don't have a traditional religious faith yeah but I do have faith in them I have faith in the angels and I have faith in the divine whatever that looks like and no one could 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 change it and actually when when I was asked it got me very emotional to answer because there's nothing anyone could say or do that would change it
0: no No, and nobody, no one should, yeah, because you know, you know what you saw, um, and there's no taking that away. There's no taking that away, but oh, how blessed are we to have had this experience!
1: So, so lucky, yeah. So, how did that then lead into mediumship? Because you trained with Mavis Patilla, who I I absolutely love, she's my mommy. (laughs) Oh, she's just wonderful. She's an old fashioned in yeah. the good sense in the best sense mm. of the word medium who's disciplined and she has a real good working ethic and yeah. high integrity yeah and the evidence she gives is, is tremendous phenomenal yeah
0: yeah so she what, really what is what led
1: you there how did you find her and, and oh what was that like
0: well I'm a big believer in synchronicity so that that meeting with her was pure synchronicity um I was in the college the Arthur Finlay College in Stansted. Oh, yes. Um, so what happened really was that after the after Medjugorje, when I came back, um, I, I was trying for more children, you see, and, and nothing was happening. And uh, when I was over there, I had heard a voice and I was told to write on the cross. I have a picture of it. Um, the name of your child now and the name that you will give to the child that's coming. So I wrote Nate, who I had, and I wrote Isabella. But that was in 2004. She was born in October 2006.
1: Wow, that's wonderful.
0: Yeah. And after I had her, everything started to open up again. And I started to want to come back to the mediumship. My, You know, after Medjugorje, everything changed for me. Yeah. And I thought, you know something, there is love out there. There is something more than all of this. And I want to explore it. So I started doing uh, courses and things like that. And then... I had Willow um, and when I had Willow she was born as I said Willow came out and surfboard bored. she just was born with nothing no pain medication no nothing she was just born and like in 20 wow. minutes yeah I know oh
1: my gosh
0: yeah I know oh, and wow. um, that's the
1: baby that wanted to be alive
0: oh stop it <laughs> uh, and after she was born, all the senses I had, the clairvoyance, everything I'd shut down, opened up again. Everything opened wide open again. And I could feel it, I could smell, I could taste, I could hear everything. And I went, right, okay, you've got me, all right? So now here's what's going to happen. If I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it right or I'm not doing it at all. Because for me, mediumship is what healed me when I lost my mother. Okay. Um, more so than any of the counseling or anything I did, and I'm not knocking counseling because I've been to counselors and they are magnificent. But at that point in time in my life, it was the mediumship that really worked for me, and I thought if I could do that for one person, you know. Um, so I took myself off to the college and studied with Paul Jacobs. I don't know if you've heard of Paul Jacobs, Yeah, yeah, and um apparently that week Mavis had been there the week before and um when they did the changeover in the college so like let's say if it's you and I if you were teaching last week and I'm teaching this week you know I will leave I, I will you'll be gone and then I'll come in and then the new lot of students will come in but they had her um Mavis was still there and she hadn't left and one of the tutors for the week I was on called in sick So they asked Mavis, because she was the last one there, would she stay?
1: Synchronicity.
0: Yeah. And when I was there, uh, we were chatting away and I made lots of friends and um, I wanted to get an idea spiritually of where I was at and what they felt you know the direction maybe I, I could go that kind of thing but anyway long story short I asked a friend I said who would be good to give me an assessment and they said um what about Mavis Patilla and I said I don't know who that is and they said well they had gotten one before from her they thought she was excellent and I said perfect that's how I met Mavis
1: and we have to say that Arthur Finley is one of the most famous colleges mm. in the world, yeah. if not the most famous in the world.
0: It is. Hogwarts for mediums. Yes.
1: It is. It's so... It, cool. it is, yeah. And it's... Mavis is so well respected and yes. thought of. Well, she
0: was she's trained. a very humble person. Oh, she's she? terrible. There's no airs of graces with, Mav- no. with Mavis at all. So I mean, humble. she's just... And um, to be honest with you, th- there isn't with any. with a lot of them there and... I mean these were trained by Gordon Higginson. And Gordon yeah. Higginson was the master. He was the, you know, the president, the principal. He was the master of mediumship. I mean, Gordon Higginson did his first demonstration of mediumship age twelve. Yes, yeah, you know. His mother was a medium. She trained him. And he ran the college. And Paul and Mavis and Eamon, um, who else? They were all um Gordon's proteges. They were all his little chips. Right. They were his and he trained them and he really trained them. Yeah, totally. And then, so I was, imagine how blessed I was to be working then with them. Yeah. So I then went and I studied with her. Um, Were there any challenges with that?
1: I mean, were there any, because what I did when I, and I still do it now sometimes, although, like I said, my faith's really strong, especially at the beginning, I used to, I used to doubt my, my abilities a little bit and if I'm in an environment where I'm being tested and rightly so because you're yeah. there to learn I just find that that makes me close up a little bit or fold up Did it you makes us all that
0: oh or? god yes oh god yes I first time I was ever told to stand up um in the college and do do a damn I thought I would die I I really wanted to die and it was Sandy Baker who said, you will not die. You will stand up there. And I am right beside you. <laughs> you can do it. Oh, yeah, great. With whatever amount of people were there, like 80, 100 people, oh all mediums, Christ. all seasoned, you That's know. Oh, Jeannie. Like... And I stood oh. up and she, she, oh, bless her. She sat in the front and she went, you've got this, you've got this. And I did it. And like that, once I went into my power, then it just took off. But I had had no, like, I mean, I was thrown, every experience I had was thrown in at the deep end. But, you know, in some ways for me, that was the best thing to do. May, yeah, yeah. Okay, totally. because I'd be like you, I would totally close up. And, you know, especially when you're with your peers, because... Yes it's not a competition and I always say this to my students don't ever put yourself in competition because you're just wasting valuable time yeah. worrying about that that you could be really using advice. for do you know what I mean it's not about a competition spirit world aren't putting you into a competition you are and like she trained us in that way that um it was about that you work for the spirit world but you need to have a relationship with them and you need to build the relationship. And for me, she spoke my language. I want to say it like that. Other tutors or other other, um, courses I'd been on, I remember coming out and going, what the hell was that? Do you know? Um, And whereas with her, it was like we were speaking the same language.
1: You know? Which is so important when you find Mm. the teacher. And Mm. what, for you, was the key to really connecting with spirit and connecting with your mediumship can you remember the moment when someone said the penny drops where you go
0: oh, yeah I'm the light bulb moment and it is the trust the trust is it's everyone's issue because we're sensitive we're hypersensitive with not trusting ourselves and because we're sensitive we just want to get it right and we're our own worst critics and we're the heart, like nobody needs to be hard on us. We do that all by ourselves, you know. Um, but I, I can remember just doing. I remember she would start you stop, start, stop, start, stop. And then one day she didn't do that. She let me go. She just let me carry on. And I was expecting I, I all the time that I was going, I was expecting that. OK, you can stop now. And she didn't. And. When I was done, I looked at her and I went, can I finish now? And she said, that was lovely. Thank you. I remember going, all you had to do was just keep going and trust. Yeah. And that made it for me. Now, I mean, I've gone on and I've done my teaching with her. Um, and then I trained, I did all the advanced work with Paul Jacobs then as well. And I'm still in college, you know, and, and I've always a been in college. learning, isn't it? yeah. yeah. I'll always be in college, and no matter what I do with who, I learn every time. I learn more and more and more. Plus, the more that you are in in um, those conversations and those experiences with people that are on the same track as you and at the same level as you, the more you push yourself to get deeper understanding, deeper meaning, more evidence, and I just I don't know. Like from you're right about meditation though. Meditation is vital. It really is that part of of the process that makes that connection happen. Yeah. And you focusing know? the
1: mind in one place.
0: Completely, completely. Because you if know your mind's
1: wandering, you can't focus on the voice of spirit.
0: Exactly, and exactly. It's one of the biggest things, isn't it? Trance is good for that. I've studied trance as well. Um, yeah, and I yeah, love yeah. trance and that's good for that I think that's good for the allowing the blending and giving it the time that it needs and takes and is necessary you know and not you there's too many people I feel that think I'm going to do a weekend course and that's it I'm going to put myself up they just you know it's so true when I when I say to people I'm still studying they look at me and they say why
1: me too. I'm
0: yeah. And everything. I'm like, why not? Why so wouldn't you? Why are you? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Because I still need to honour my gift. I'm oh, my God.
0: So and, and this gift and, and what we're in and what we do, it's vast. There's so many aspects of it to explore and discover and it's exciting. Why wouldn't you do it, you know? Exactly.
1: And it is it's it is extraordinary when you're bringing forward evidence. I've done a reading this week uh, for a daughter whose mother had taken her own life um, yeah. last year. Mum was in her 60s. And mum gave such powerful evidence. And it's just I'll never I hope I never ever stop getting that excitement and that joy yeah. that you're being able to bring that forward because you can see what it means to the person that's yeah. receiving. That's it, it, yeah. I always I'm buzzing after because and I'm so grateful and I just continue oh. to say thank you to spirit over and over again because <laughs> it's Isn't extraordinary it? and you're you're allowed to be part of the process and I'll never I, stop I, I'm grateful.
0: telling you, and I love the way you say that because I remember you know when I do a dem I'll find if I'm if it's a if it's a dem that's in um you know like a center or there's an audience I'll the, the for me the quietest place is usually the toilet the bathroom yes that's where I, I so that's where I will go to get into my power and to have my chat with the spirit world because nobody can walk in on me but then someone said to me and what do you do afterwards if it's been a good dem I say I stand there and I go thank you 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 thank <laughs> you and I'm like, oh, my God, I just can't stop saying thank you. I mean, <laughs> and I might be on the way home in the car and I go, did I say thank you?
1: <laughs> and that, the other thing that I find is when I'm doing readings for people and they see me getting really excited, I've had people say, but aren't you used to this? Yeah, and... Something- Yeah. No, every time is unique, every time is it is its own moment. And no, I hope I never ever stop getting excited.
0: No, because that's it that's like a doctor losing their bedside manner, you know, it's that kind of thing, isn't it? You don't ever want to lose that and and the emotion, really? like uh, the emotion oh. gets to me continuously. And um, sometimes I go, Gosh, do you know what? You really need to get a handle on this. You do know? You know I, I've but it's so close. Before, especially when I'm
1: doing readings for people that have lost children. Oh, yeah. Um, I decided at the very beginning, um, when I started to earn my living from doing readings, mm. that I would never ever charge if someone had lost a child. I never advertised <laughs> that fact. But if someone came in, they'd lost a child, when it came to the point where they would normally. Give me some money for the reading. Yeah. I used to say, No, please have it as a gift. Yeah. And that's what I used to do. And this one lady came to me, and do you know she'd lost eight children altogether? Oh, no. Whether in stillbirth or miscarriage, or. And I cried in that reading and I felt so unprofessional. Oh, but she God. was actually quite touched by the fact that it touched mm-hmm. me and so I never worry if I get emotional in a reading now you've got to keep mm-hmm. control because otherwise you lose connection yeah. yeah but I think the emotion is because we care and I'm a healer as well as I'm sure you mm-hmm. are and it, it is that I, I hope that I never stop getting the feelings and the emotions involved with doing readings
0: oh oh god absolutely i mean i i I agree with you a hundred percent when you feel that emotion i know there's a lot of mediums that keep the spirit world at what they say at arm's length uh they don't want them coming into their personal space that's their decision and that's fine but i couldn't work like that um Mm -hmm. for me it's what i will say is whatever is going to work for you will work perfectly fine for me. The trust is there. So blend with me physically, emotionally, spiritually, energetically, whatever it's going to take, I'm all yours. And that's why then I think that you do get that emotion, but then that emotion brings it even closer again, you know, and, and, and you really get the essence of who their loved one is, you know? And, and so, you know I know everyone works differently and stuff like that but that's just how I would work I'm sure you're very similar to me anyway in all of that you know Mm. so when
1: you're working with students because you are a renowned teacher and your courses are very popular
0: yeah I'm very lucky what
1: kinds of things do you teach now
0: uh so I have beginners um mediumship and beginner psychic development and then intermediate and then up you know Um, I do one day courses. Then there's the foundation courses, which I run a foundation course, um, which I'm I'm at the moment putting it online because it was it was in person and it was a foundation in every every aspect. So over the 6 or 8 weekends was it 6 or was it 8 cuz i think i'm trying to change it now you got to experience everything you you experienced paranormal you went out on field trips you experienced yeah. mediumship I saw psychic you development with paranormal investigation uh, yes um you got to experience the um, angel cards trance so there was a, there was it was a foundation so it was a taster of everything, basically.
1: So you could really explore where your gifts yeah.
0: lie. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but of course, you can't bring people out on field trips at the moment and bring them. And we've got so much rich history and so much activity, especially in the west of the of Ireland, places that are brilliant to go um, mm. and do, you know, research. There's that, but I, that's going to be online soon. But I also run the angel card reading classes and they're always out the door, Um um and I go through the meanings of the cards but I also bring in colors or as psychic uh raising the vibration I bring it all in because I think it's a whole package you know and then I take that to the next level then as well um then flower sentience I love reading flowers I do too yeah so do those scrying pendulums all of them do you know all of them so yeah
1: how do do people find you if someone's listening now and they're (laughs) they're really interested in developing and they want to find out more about you and what you might be able to help them with where do they find you and how
0: well at the moment um spiritual and angelic euphoria is the community page that's facebook um and that's a very big community and that's where that leads you to the Patreon that we launched yesterday. Which for anybody that's starting off or beginning, they would love that. Um,
1: and what's uh, on the Patreon? What's that going to be? Is that, oh, that a
0: group? that's that's brilliant the the other person that i run the um spiritual and angelic euphoria with Rain, she does the angel quotes the ones you know joe at 365 days of the year she does those so instead of having to go and look for them you get them delivered everything patreon delivers everything to your inbox which is brilliant then i will do midweek guidance uh you get that there's three different tiers they're all very cheap um because we wanted to keep it that way we don't you know it's not about that it's about building the community now bigger than it and already making it is accessible. making it accessible uh, one of the goals is so that i can put some of the courses online and and people can um you know get those courses at much much more reduced cost stuff like that so um yeah uh, so you get um your angel numbers angel meditations live guided meditations Angelic guidance behind the scenes, um, qu- questions and answers, um, podcasts. Oh God, it, the the tiers, you know it's 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 pretty cool. The link is on the page anyway. If anyone wants to, so it's spir- spiritual yeah. and angelic euphoria. If they go spiritual there, and spell. angelic, yeah, and it's the and with the the little and symbol yeah. rather than a and d. So yeah. that's that's where a lot of it's based. I'm in the process of. Um, the new website going up that should be up in another week
1: and there is a website Almost. for you is not there, there is a website
0: yes yeah, so the new one will be up with more information on the courses but there is it's it's uh vivian carden um www.viviancardenmedium.com is that i'll um, yeah.
1: i'll put all the links on when when yeah. we um, publish the podcast i'll put all the links on there yeah. so anyone listening you'll be able to find that in the yeah. description so you can yeah. connect with vivian That would be brilliant. So enjoyed talking to you today. You've Uh, absolutely I've loved every minute. It's just been so beautiful and I just want to say a big thank you to you for being with me and thank you for for
0: having me. me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh Joe, I've loved every minute. Thanks so much.
1: Thank you. (laughs) Mm.
0: Thank you. You've been listening to Spiritually Gifted with host Joe Dutfield. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please keep in touch via our Facebook page, Spiritually Gifted Podcast, or by email to spirituallygiftedpodcast at yahoo.com. And remember to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Until next time, take care.